Hello and welcome to episode four of Dig New Streams. This week on the podcast, I have Manny Andrade and James Capozzi, who are my former bandmates and brothers. We, along with John Penny, who is our bassist, formed a band called Plano East. Uh, but Manny, James, and myself started the band when we were at a small Christian high school in Weymouth, Massachusetts, where we were the chapel worship team. Uh, We just sort of bonded over music, started writing together, and for the next eight years or so, we're a band on and off, produced an album called Walk on Water, uh, and we just had such a range of experiences that we actually talked a lot about during our time together. Uh, What you'll hear is about a half an hour of a two-hour conversation that we had, which was just us talking about our beginnings, a lot of our struggles, a lot of the ways that we connected or didn't connect. Uh, But ultimately, the conversation that you're going to hear starts with when we were beginning to break up as a band. And for me, this conversation was just incredibly emotional and life-giving. And I think it was for Manny and James as well. So I hope that you find it to be the same. Uh, If you want to stay in touch, if you want to follow more episodes, if you want to look back at other episodes, you can follow on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. It's the Dig New Streams podcast. Uh, I would love to hear from you, your feedback, some thoughts that you had Uh, And feel free to reach out on any one of those platforms. But without further ado, I hope you enjoy the conversation that I had with Manny and James. Before, but it was before Soul Fest that we knew you were leaving. We started, I think we started talking about, I, I think I started mentioning I was going to go. Because you, we because had, Soul Fest was August. You were going to Nashville in September. Uh, August 31st. I left. Okay, we had, yeah. We had a show. Because we had a show that day. So you had started writing this song. Mm-hmm. We um, had written a couple new songs. But, we, we had, so yeah. we had written... We had the album, we were playing those, and then we had written three newer songs yeah. that we started to play out and really liked. We had, It was Ways I'll Never Know. Um, what was the one? Oh, I forget the name of that other one. Yeah. I liked it, though. Yeah. I liked that. It was my favorite of the three. And then My Runaway. Mm-hmm. And My Runaway, we played We played at multiple shows. We played at Soul Fest. Yeah. And that song, I'll let you, this is between the two of you. Well, it started with the lick because it always does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and we had our process of me playing the lick over and over and over. Yeah, it, you know, truth be told, I didn't care what you were singing about. Mm-hmm. I didn't listen to the lyrics at all. Mm-hmm. I was listening for melodies, mm-hmm. which I still do sometimes, most of the time. Mm-hmm. If it's a good melody, I'm in, and then I'll figure out what the lyrics are, which is exactly what happened here. Mm-hmm. I only found out. Because we were very much into, and we were like this with basketball too, we were, we were very 
uh, excited about the opportunity to watch ourselves do something right. on tape. <laughs> and so we would get my brother to record all of our performances, my, all my of our God. basketball yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. So in my car on the way down to Nashville, 16-hour drive, I had a either a CD or a DVD of... It was a DVD. ...of our last performance. Right. And... I started listening to the lyrics of, of this song called My Runaway, mm-hmm. which was about me leaving and that I shouldn't leave. Right. And it was like, no, you don't have to do this. You know, weren't, aren't we friends? Like, shouldn't we? You know, I'm, not, I'm butchering the lyrics, but... The lyrics are, my friend, before you run away, don't run away from all your problems. Yeah. You can solve them if you stay and put your head down. Yeah. And there was this one part, there's this one part where you're like agonizing about like doesn't this mean the same thing to you that it does to me i think it might be the bridge so that is the first song i wrote literally so Mm. prior to that i wrote really uh and i still do this today like um i like um metaphors and and analogies and similes Mm. and all that stuff in writing i think it's that's for whatever reason that's what i prefer to do Mm. that song is the first song i wrote literal towards somebody (laughs) and you know talking about everything that we've talked about to this point that song had very little to do with the band Mm, yes we're not going to play anymore i didn't believe that you were moving i thought this was another thing like oh yeah i mean yeah yeah i'm gonna go buy this car or right i want to do this for a little while yeah and it didn't the song wasn't about that it was like just leaving mm-hmm. like we see now i'm getting emotional mm. it was about that thing where it's like holy cow like i open up to these guys yeah and these i belong with them yeah right like there's an ease of belonging with our friendship yeah and it was like oh yeah you just go mm. <laughs> And that's what that song was. Mm. And it wasn't, don't don't leave because we're going to make it as a band or right. something. Yeah. It was like, you know, how much thought have you put into this? Mm. And that's so selfish, right? I don't know how much thought you put into it. Um, but it felt like, um, to me, like a, a spur of the moment thing. And, you know, for what our relationship was was did you put that into consideration yeah. too yeah because you write okay so that's just that's power powerful i you do write in the song did you forget that we were friends or will you go on and pretend it never was why are you taking this so lightly right and i remember hearing that i don't know what the hell was going through your mind but i remember hearing these lyrics way before yeah you left and i'm like that's about james there's no question you never said anything I never said anything because we didn't talk we didn't like say stuff to each other I think that line are you going to keep going on that no you go I think that line why are you taking this so lightly was a you know I was pretty known for being kind of stone faced Mm -hmm. and internal and so I internalized everything and so no I wasn't taking the decision lightly however you know, if I thought about it too hard, I probably wouldn't have gone. I, I would have got, I would have, I would have, I had a, and still struggle with self-sabotage stuff and fear of failure. And so I probably would have stayed on the couch. Mm-hmm. The problem was that I was on the couch and I was, I had no direction. 
Mm. I was like 21 or two. And I'm like, oh, I can't even finish school because I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm. I had applied to go to Berkeley and just threw the application away because I got scared. Mm -hmm. So I was like this, I had this history of never following through with stuff. And everyone else was like moving on. You had a real job. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, I didn't know how to have a meaningful conversation about it. So I just went and did it. That's what, that was a pattern. It was like, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to let people deal with it. Yeah. And I remember listening to the song. I think I got pissed off hearing it. Yeah. But n- not enough to like call you. Right. I never could have done that. Right. I never could have been like, hey, is this about me? <laughs> right. Just listening to this. Who could this be about? Me? <laughs> um, <laughs> As you're driving to Nashville after our last concert. So, so I guess we had sort of a falling out after that. Um, no, that's not what happened. What happened? No, it's not. Well, so you guys came down to Nashville. Yes, and you guys had at some point conversations about him living in Nashville. Yeah, oh, Manny yeah. Lee. Yeah. So, so there was. This is again mm-hmm. the thing about like. Let's brush it under the. <laughs> yeah. Like you never said that it bothered you to anyone. So he, how would he know? And we continued. You and I started to get closer when you were away, mm-hmm. and then the thing about we got there was this. I had not given up on the dream. You know, for me, it was like, all right, so he's in Nashville. He's going to learn how to be a better guitarist. Maybe we'll all move to Nashville. So we, there came this, Wes King was a Christian artist and he got cancer. There was this opportunity to like submit a song so you could be on the tribute album as like a new artist. Because they had bigger name artists. They had like Derek Webb and a few other like big people. I'm like, we got to get on that. Mm-hmm. We got to get on it. So I, I submitted Down, one of our songs. Oh my life. They picked us up. We go down to Nashville. I get my first tattoo. I think you did too. Did you get? Tattooed? I got one. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I don't know if it was my Your first, first, but it was my second. But like yeah. we go and we're get. They're like, you're gonna record at Phil Phil Keggy's house, yeah. who was a hero to you and like a really well known guitarist. And I'm like, here we're back on. We're back on. We're doing it. Like this is this is gonna kick us off again. Um, and so we go down there. We like cover this song of West Kings. <laughs> And we're just like, we've not played together in months. And we just get in your dorm room and start jamming it out. And like, all right, we figured it out. Um, John was John Penny was with us on bass. And it's just like, that brought the dream alive for me. I felt like you and I were closer. There was no indication of like fighting between the two of you. It wasn't a fight. It, it wasn't a fight thing. Right. It was, I don't know if we really we're thinking about it like you know seeing him again at that time was just really cool to oh yeah all right so our friendship is not over yeah Yeah, yeah, like you write the song and you you know internally i'm thinking oh like that's the end yeah right and so to have the experience to be able to go down and visit and do some of the stuff that we enjoyed doing together was like oh okay so that redefines for me that if someone is moving on to do something that they want to do with their life. It doesn't mean the end of all things. Yeah. Right. And so like it wasn't, that felt better. Yeah. Right. And so we were down there and I didn't feel any animosity or like long-term conflict, but it, it hung in the air because we 
are were per, poor communicators of that type of stuff at the time. And it was just easier to just jump back into what we were used to doing. Yes. As opposed to, hey, let's talk about that. Yeah. Like we never yes. talked about really talked about you moving and um, I, I couldn't have had that conversation. No. no. I couldn't have I wouldn't have been the one to initiate it for sure. Mm. No. Uh, but I I think looking back and I wonder if I was thinking this uh, subconsciously. I think I was like I'm moving to Nashville. This will be for the band in the long run. You said that. Yeah. You did say that. I remember. And I think I probably thought that was true. Yeah. Like maybe they'll follow me down here. Yeah. Eventually, but I need to get out of this rut that I'm in because I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm not doing anything that I that I want to do. I'm not finishing school. I'm not. I I I need to move. I need to do something different. Yeah. And it was like the first big decision in my life ever mm. that I had to make on my own. Mm. And, and so yeah, I think I thought. Well, maybe if I can make some connections down here yeah. and get good and like, you know, just be around it, mm. then they'll come down and that'll be what we do. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to like process that time and realize how much of every other person's decision meant that it affected me somehow. It's like mm-hmm. I'm processing it through my how does this impact mm-hmm. me? Rather than being like, Yeah, James, you you do this is really huge for you to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's part of that time of life and understanding relationships but you know it was it was like that continued we did our thing we left the album came out nothing else and we didn't really do anything Mm -hmm. but our i will i will say the thing that mattered the most was you and i became very close and i don't know what continued for the two of you you and i lived near each other but we weren't as close Mm -hmm. And the music really was this like bonding agent. Mm-hmm. Everyone, we became synonymous. Like it, it was like if yeah. if I saw someone, Dave, how's Manny? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. We don't we don't talk that much, mm-hmm. and people were confused by it. Mm-hmm. Or, and I think the more time went on, and we were separate from each other musically, that you started to find your own voice. You started to discover new things. Right? Mm-hmm. What was that? That period for me, I remember, you know, like doing the job thing all right i'm waiting on james i'm married i'm doing that whole life what was going on for you so yeah really good i've always been acutely aware through high school and college um of that you know we're synonymous with each other yeah right thing um which wasn't a problem for me right it was it was just not a problem until later on and it started to feel like okay, it's not so much, you know, someone sees Manny, he how's Dave, or he how's James. It's just, it just felt to me at that time in my life that I was sort of this side character in the Capozzi story, mm-hmm. right? in James's story. And that's just what it felt like to yeah. me. And if we weren't together, that, okay... Like, you know, the the side character Manny is just not around and you don't think of him, right? And so my being sort of became wrapped up in being around you guys. And the problem was, even for me, Mm. when I wasn't around you guys, I didn't know who or what to be. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So that was the problematic piece. And, oh, so I totally lost the question. What was this leading into? What was going on for you when we, you were saying it, you know, what, what was going on for you when like James was away and our relationship wasn't, we weren't seeing each other that yeah. much. Oh, yeah, right. So what was going on for me was this period of um, trying to understand 
who I was yeah. away from you guys, mm. what I was away from you guys. Could I have a future and dreams for myself that didn't require us to be together in order for them to seem like reality? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because high school and college, those are the formative years, right? And I had the same ideas too, right? Like, the, you know, sort of tempered with reality, but like thinking that... Yeah, we totally could be together and do something together for the rest of our And I was thinking that for so long that when James had moved and you could sort of feel the gas running out of, or I did anyway, yeah. feel the gas running out of that we're going to be Plano East forever mm. and come into the realization of like, oh, like, so what's that like for me to not be a part of that? I don't, mm. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Right. And so then the thought starts to sinking. Well, pro- probably nobody thinks I'm going to do anything unless it's attached to these guys. Mm. And I don't want that to be my life. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. not that I don't want to be, didn't want to be with you guys and near you guys, but that started my exploration of like, okay, so if I'm not, then I can't be no one. Yeah. That's so if interesting. If I'm not with them, I can't be nobody. Yeah. So then what does it mean for me to just be me, yeah. independent of these guys? Yeah. And that's what was happening for me around yeah. that time. Yeah. That's, and then I, it, what, felt, what it felt like for me was like a falling out. Because we had been so close. And rather than... I had no concept for so long uh, until many years later, until pretty recently, what was going on for you. That you were trying to discover yourself in a lot of ways that you didn't feel like you had the space to. And I think when it was years that went by, you yeah. know, where he and I, James and I started writing music together. We did the whole like yes and no thing. You know, we were coming up with our own stuff and you moved to Florida and like did your own thing. And then at some point, I feel like you came back and we st- we had there had been enough time apart where we were just kind of like there was still that nostalgic Manny and James and Dave like we have it but we're not really close. Uh, But if we got together, it would be fine. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling at the time, you know, in my 30s or whatever, I would love that, but I don't think Manny wants that, you know? Like, there was this period of relational separation. Mm -hmm. And then, does anyone, like, know what it was that I think brought us all back together? My dad? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Our dad, yes. Yeah, there was... I've always seen you as a brother. Which is why, like, even though it was all wrapped up with the band and everything, you know, um, it was still that. You, like, were in our house. And I remember my our father passed away, and I told you, you were one of the first people I told. And then I didn't see you at the funeral. And I was like, damn, that hurts. And I remember letting some time go by, and I messaged you. Remember this? I message you like, man, I was angry and I don't want to be angry anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you in my life. I want you in my kids' lives. Mm-hmm. I want I want Manny in my life. And we met up at JJ's Cafe mm-hmm. in Brockton and just like, it was one of the most cathartic and bonding experiences of my life mm-hmm. of like coming back and then hearing from you what was going on in a way I never had. Mm-hmm. You know, like, did you feel like in that same time, you know, and I don't know where things connected for the two of you. I know it was for me um, that that was one of those eye opening 
this is someone that matters too much to me mm -hmm. and I have to have them in my life. And whatever has led to him feeling like he can't show up to there, that space, whatever. And I didn't know at the time. We hadn't talked, right? I was processing all this out, playing it out in my mind. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. He's someone I want in my life. Like, what was going on for you in that? So, yeah. So, we had gone through... And again, I, I never... That was, what, three, four, five years where none of us were really in contact. Yeah. Or, or regular contact with each other. And I had come back from Florida and having had my own experiences down there and feeling like, okay, well, okay, so this is... Life's okay. Yeah. Right? Like, I can do this. Um really weird story right like it's a it's an odd story what was happening for me in that time like i got married and didn't tell you guys that i had gotten married yeah right um and then i was back up here and this is the story discussion that i was having with babe i don't think we ever had it is it was my son's first birthday and i had you might have been in tennessee even so but it was my son's first birthday, and I had invited um, Dave and some of our other high school friends to my son's first birthday party, my first son's first birthday party. Hmm. And none of my friends turned up, yeah. or the folks that I invited. And it was painful that nobody turned up that I had invited. Hmm. Um, I understand it. I hadn't been in contact either I wasn't being a great friend during that time um, but it just really struck me that day because I was in the hospital for all your children's births mm -hmm. right and most of your kids I was in the hospital for and I wanted you guys you were in Tennessee, right? I yeah. wanted you at my son's first, Dave, I wanted you at my son's first birthday party and, and you didn't show up. Yeah. Uh, or you had something to do, not that you were, were, you know, didn't show up, but you weren't there. Yeah. And it just really fucked with me really yeah. bad. And yeah. it's like, wow, that thing came back up again for me, the side character thing. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, unless it's Dave's thing, it doesn't matter. Right. what's happening with me right. right and so that came up with me and i was angry about it i was really sad about it embarrassed mm. <laughs> i told people that I, you know my friend's coming mm. and it and it really really hurt me and after that um you're shortly after your dad had passed away and it was a mix of things for yeah. me yeah and i'm not trying to sugarcoat it part of me was really still mad at you yeah and another part of me was had invented that it was this thing between us hmm. and I didn't show up partly because maybe I was resentful that you hadn't shown up for me and partly because out of respect I didn't want to drag this thing hmm. to your dad's funeral yep because emotional stuff although we barely ever talked about it <laughs> yeah. emotional stuff between us was thick we just so never true. addressed it. That's yeah. so true. <laughs> the stuff between us was always really thick and palatable, and I know we felt it, and when we feel it, other people sort of also feel it in the room. And I'm not, I don't want to sugarcoat because I wish I had gone, but I hadn't, and I'm sorry that I didn't, guys. Yeah. Um, but it was a mix between those two things. Yeah. You don't show up for me. Right. Why is it always me that has to show up for yeah. you? Yep. And I was struggling with that. Yep. 
And then also, I didn't want to drag this thing into that room with me. Yeah. And that just, makes... it just occurred to me that the th- best thing to do was to just not. Yeah. It makes so much sense. And it made sense to me when you told me when we met up. And, you know, nothing to apologize for now. I mean, you know, nothing to apologize for at all. Because I think when you don't communicate the things that are that we feel so deeply, then it leaves room for hurt upon hurt upon hurt and then you know what i just don't have this i don't have the capacity you know i don't have the capacity to do this i had no idea what that meant to you at the time and then to be able to say it now to this day we have only deep conversations you know (laughs) we're only going for that thing that that matters to our hearts and i feel like there's there's so much time that we didn't do that and now when we write on our own, because we still do our own music, we still write on our own, you know, I love seeing what James is coming out with and what you're coming out with. And I, I just, to me, it's such a gift to be able to hear now, well, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more what you're thinking. Yeah. You know, where you know, back back in those days, like, let's come up with a cool riff. Manny, go write a lyric. You know, James, keep doing your thing. Like, yeah. So, you know, since we've sort of been back in each other's lives in a really consistent way, have like, and the relationship now is the primary thing yeah. for me. Yeah. You know, I think for us, the music actually has more meaning in, yeah. in many ways. Yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah, because I think, you know, we were doing this thing before I learned how to do like record and produce and all that, which I'm uh, admittedly, you know, Rick Rubin is scared of what I, what I can do. And we're sitting here in Shangri-La, uh, with in Massachusetts. No, we started doing this thing at Manny's house where we would, where everyone pick a cover and we'll come to a cover. That's right. That's if you know right. anything about me, you know I hate doing covers. <laughs> and, and we're playing live uh, this weekend at Tommy Doyle's. That's, that's something I'm learning new about you right this Oh, really? <laughs> I have no idea. I hate covers. I, 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 I like covers. No, here's what it is. I hate the pressure of having to learn someone else's song yeah. because I'm a perfectionist. Uh, and I'm going, right. if I'm not playing the exact voicing of this chord, right. everyone's going to know. And guess what? No one knows. But can you, can you just, yeah. we made our living off of covering Switchfoot, DC Talk, Jars of Clay songs. Well, and I didn't I mean, know that you had these I would, feelings. That's different. Stuff. I was stealing. <laughs> that's not covering. I was stealing stuff. Yeah. But we would do this thing where we go, all right, we're going to do a music night. Everyone bring a song. Yeah. Or maybe we'll write, start writing together and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is really fun because there's no pressure. No one thinks we're going to, you know, get back out there. Yeah. And we're just doing it for us. And it was more about the hang. Mm-hmm. And, and then last Christmas, Lauren got me this set up. It's like you need to get some music out because I've, you know, I was, my whole thing is I've never put anything out that I've done mm. that I'm proud of. I've been, I was in Nashville for nine years. Yeah, I've been on albums. Yeah, I can't like pick one thing out that like actually sounds like me. Mm. So I'm like, I got to do this thing. Meanwhile, Manny has never stopped writing. You have always written. In fact, you might be the most prolific writer of of all of us. Mm-hmm. False. But you time. have so many songs. Yeah, and you can you can keep doing yourself. Uh, deprecating thing but you're a great songwriter <laughs> thanks and and so when we get together when Manny comes over hmm. and we write it's like let's just hash it out yeah and there's no pressure yeah but before there was so much pressure right and it was not explicit either it was just sort of like 
hey, listen, we're going to get together and we got to do something productive. Right. Yeah. No one ever said it. But now it's like we just get together. Yeah. What are you working on? Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Actually, let's just get it down. Yeah. You work on the lyrics and the you know the background, whatever, and we'll do it. Yes. And you come and we do it, which you need to come back. <laughs> I'm doing my own stuff sporadically, and it feels what it like what it always should have been, but yeah. never could have been. Yeah. Until now. Right. Yeah. I love that. I think when we had this experience recently where you were recording one of Manny's songs. And I came and I just wanted to be part of it. Never would that have happened. I don't even like recording my own stuff in the studio. Mm -hmm. Never mind being a part of someone else's. But I'm listening and I felt so invested in a way. Just because I was, this is going to sound ridiculous, proud and like so, I don't know. It felt so full to me that we were all in here and you're working on a song that I just loved every second of. And I'm like, oh, what do you? What if you try this thing? Yeah. And you did it, and it was just like the collaboration that we really never had, because so much of it was unsaid, built up, yeah. sort of weird stuff. Um, it's just so much more alive when you can root for the other person mm. in a way that doesn't have self-interest tied to it. Yeah. You know, That's it. my self-interest is there. The self-interest is I love you guys and I want to be part of your life mm-hmm. and what you're doing. But it's not so that I get some kind of something out mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, and I've learned this from, from Manny a lot, is like not being precious about your stuff and knowing that the whole reason we're collaborating is to, to get different ideas. Yeah. And I'm coming at the music from a different space and he's coming at it from a different space. And before <laughs> all of this stuff, all of the... Uh, self-actualization and realizing who we who we are and want to be yeah there was always this, this undercurrent of expectation yeah, yeah. Of like hey if you're not invested in this friendship yeah you know then I don't think we should let's just not right and even with the music you know especially with the music it was like if Manny had brought something years ago and I tried to be like hey why don't you try this lyric <laughs> how would that have gone over yeah um not good yeah. right? <laughs> not good um not, not from that it wouldn't have been a fine lyric but you just said something that maybe sums up this whole discussion yeah right yeah we couldn't have had the relational conversations and it all took place through the music yeah that's interesting yeah 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 that's that's how that's it was true. for us, yeah. right? Like so, that stuff played out. Our relationship played out in how we were treating the band in the music. Yes, and the way that you guys are describing what it's like now for us to get together and do something musically speaks a lot about where our relationship is like today. Mm. You can ask me a question about my lyrics. Yeah, you can make a suggestion. I don't have to be precious about it mm. because it's okay. Like I don't receive those things as criticisms from you guys. And I'm not enough. What do you mean? You don't like this lyric? Yeah. What does yeah, that say? Yeah. What do you really think about me? Right. It's not that we can talk to each other about what we feel about each other. Yeah. And I know what you think about. Me. Yeah. So when you give me a suggestion, it doesn't feel like a criticism. No. Right. It feels like, right. Yeah. And, and that's so where we are. I think in ter- 41, 40, 38, mm. I don't, Maybe this exists, but I don't know where, you know, adult males can get around each other and talk like this. Yes. 
and it makes all the other things that we're doing in our lives sh- shareable. Right. Yeah. Because we can so talk true. like this and say, well, this is how I was feeling. This is what I was thinking. Hmm. And it doesn't sort of have this flavor or the interpretation in my own mind. Well, like you're going to say that about like, then you don't like me. Yes. Right. Or then, oh, you don't think I'm what I want to be. Yeah. Or, or you're criticizing me in some way or, or you don't think I'm. A, that's how I interpret have interpreted a lot of stuff throughout my life. I'm just not enough. Being me is not enough. Yes. And oddly enough, that's part of what um, made it difficult at times for us to be friends. And where I refound that without the pressure is like, yeah, okay. Like it's an ease of being with you guys. Mm. I don't know how many people find that. Yeah. Like, I can just come and be around you guys and feel like I'm good enough. Yes. I had to find that within myself yep. first. Yep. That's not a gift that can be given to someone, I don't mm. think. And you guys couldn't have, have made me feel that way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, after you sort of go through a period of sort of, okay, well, I, I, I can't do or be a certain kind of person and invite someone to accept me for who I am. Yeah. I got to accept myself for who I am. Yeah. And then find the people who that's enough for. Mm. Yeah. And, you guys were there before I came to that realization, and I'm so happy that after I've come to that realization, it's still this ease of being able, I'm enough. Yes. And I know you guys know that, and you love me, mm. and so I can be that. It's easy. Yes. Yeah. I can just be easy. Yeah.